Did you hit record? I did hit record. Okay, so we'll have an intro, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Wait, what? In today's episode, we go over the roles and responsibilities of the product owner within the team. You're listening to the Iteration Station. Welcome to the Iteration Station. I'm your host, Jake, joined by Brett. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about product owners, uh, some of the things that can kind of set them up for success, and and maybe some of the pitfalls that people run into. Uh, so, Brett, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm excited about the topic and kind of like, why do we even have a product owner to begin with, and sure. then what are kind of those responsibilities? Yeah, so I, I guess we'll kind of get started with just this is almost like a 101 class for, yeah. for the for the newbies out there. Yep, for sure. Um, maybe a little refresher if, if you're kind of been out of the game a while or, or what have you. So uh, the product owner, again, just kind of by definition, is the person who is going to be making the tactical decisions on the product that the Agile team is working on. Um, so in terms of prioritization and teamwork, they're kind of setting those priorities uh, working on the backlog, making sure things are ready for the team to, to chug away on. Yeah, it's common to, to hear the phrase or the statement that the product owner owns the backlog, which I think is is accurate. I heard it described once that the product owner is the single neck to throttle. So they are, <laughs> there you go. They are the person that the business blames when something isn't the way that they expected it. Yeah, and, and I mean, one of the tenets of a good product owner, I, I think, Owning the backlog is maybe an aggressive term. Sure. I think they have the final say, right? Yeah. And and the ownership should kind of be shared, but they're kind of yep. the the executive branch of yeah. of the um, of that backlog. So, but at the same time, they live with the ramifications. So they're yep. the, they're the neck that's getting wrung <laughs> should, yeah. should something happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think one of the things that are really effective product owners do is have the team come in, uh, reach out for help, and. You know, when when they're looking at that backlog, when they're prioritizing issues, uh, they're not just listening to the highest paid person who's telling them what to do, right? right? They're they're holistically looking at. I mean, who they answer to really at the end of the day is the product. Mm-hmm. So they need to look at it a little bit more holistically than just what are what are the executives saying that we need to deliver. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Frequently, the product owner in an ideal situation comes from the business, and I know that we see a lot in. Um, agile transformations that are, start in the IS field or the IS department that they kind of find a product owner in the IS department because they're the ones driving the change. But ideally, you want that person to come from the business because they're representing the business to the team. And so you want those connections to already be established. Yeah. I, the challenge with that, I think and you find this on, in either way. If you get someone from the business, uh, you can have kind of a challenge. Or if you have someone from I, IT already and that challenges if, if especially if this happens if you have someone from the business they have a job to do yeah. you know where in whatever department that they're from and then you are kind of asking them hey we want you to be here 100 percent of the time you know <laughs> to do to do this and oftentimes it's really hard depending on the department oftentimes it may be marketing to tell that person you know even just leader to leader or department to department saying we need this person to be with us full time for us to serve you better right yeah um, and they say well wait i've got these hundred thousand other things that they need to do. Yep. Um, it's a big ask. It's sure. a huge ask. And, and I think oftentimes you, 
either it doesn't even get asked, or the answer is just no. Here you can have twenty five percent of this person's time. Yeah, and, that, uh, and they'll come one day a week yeah, to see you. <laughs> right, and that kind of that underlies like any not to get too into the weeds, but that, like an agile transformation is a big thing to take on, and you kind of have to do it in bite sized chunks. Ideally, it'd be great if you could walk into an organization and you could say, "Here, we're going to start doing Scrum, or we're going to start doing Safe." We need you to create these positions in your HR department. We need you to create job postings, staff them all with, you know, people who are exceptional people from the field, and then we'll just hit the ground running, and it'll be a two-month ordeal at the most. But that's not that's not the reality. And the product owner, I think, is where we really feel some of that disconnect between the ideal state and and our transition states. Right, and I I think if you if anyone who comes in and is trying to do an agile transformation or a framework transformation in any way that leads with that of how do we literally change all processes, right. yeah. uh, you're going to get laughed out of the room, right? Yeah, so you, sure. you have to take the bite-sized pieces, and that's all that people are willing to really give either. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to get someone from the business, even if it is that small commitment, I'm only going to be there for the meetings I have to be there in, um, it's a start, right? Yeah. It's a start, and you can... You can use the, the department as a whole, not just the team, but even beyond that to say, here's how this is impacting your job and you know the product that you're we're, we're empowering you to own. Yep. Um, and that that helps to kind of build that trust together and, and show them that how they're interacting with us and what they're doing as a part of our team is furthering really their their roadmaps and things right. that they're doing. Yeah, and I think getting that like early value delivery out the door is huge to show like hey this agile uh this agile thing really works and especially with your product owner uh frequently your product owner isn't going to be the one saying hey we should we should move to agile usually somebody is told you're going to be a product owner because these people want to move to agile and we want you to spend some time doing it and if you can show that person who's the reluctant product owner hey this this has value and we're delivering value quicker and we're working faster we're getting more stuff done because of this little bit that you're doing, if you can get them to realize that and how empowering that is, and then they go back to the business and say, this is working really well, and I'm only going 25%. Imagine if I could go 50% or, or 100% right, right. and start, like your team becomes like your own team's marketing department. That, right, yeah, exactly. And and that can help kind of build out some of the organizational change too. But one of the, one of the pitfalls I ran into as we were forming a new Agile team in a department, this was uh, several years ago, In uh, it was in a new department with basically no Agile experience at, at any level in where we were working, in who we were working with. And um, at the time I was approaching a, a director to basically say, hey, we need a product owner. Uh, I was kind of hoping for one of her reports, reports to do it. <laughs> and as I kind of went through, hey, here's the roles, the responsibilities, the things we're asking of, of this person, uh, their response was, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and, and, so, and, and I started to reiterate, well, the, look, this is a, there's a commitment here. Like yeah. w- at least at the, at the worst, you'd have to come to four hours of meetings a week at worst. That's yeah. what I need you to do. Um, to which the answer was, no, I, I understand. I'll do it. Um, that I, I can't end, tell if this is going to end really well it's or gonna end really bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. The, the reality was that that just didn't happen. Right. Yeah. So we would get bits of time here and there and we would have, a thousand decisions to make, but there's so many branching paths at that point that you basically couldn't get anything done. Right. Um, so that, I think that that can end up being a mess when the the product owner that you're trying to recruit yeah. 
isn't understanding what level of commitment is necessary and right. how actually how integral it is to the success but of the, the did team. that did that director see the value and then like were they more bought into the process and saying like I can't do this but I I realize that I need to find somebody or did it not have that effect you know I'm not remembering perfectly but I don't <laughs> I, I don't remember it being very positive so <laughs> yeah. you know and and I think I was a, I was a scrum master at the time I think part of that falls on me to not you know I might have identified the issue but not pushing hard enough and basically just getting chewed out for yeah. for making sure it was known you're not doing your job. Right. For, you're not supporting this team. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, if I could do it all over again, I think that's probably the approach I, I would have taken. But um, it, it's just an interesting anecdote of when when people think, yeah, I can make decisions. Right. That's not really what it is. It's That's a part of it. But yeah. it's really you're, you're growing this backlog, this product, and, and pushing it forward in the way that makes sense and interacting with the team and understanding the the you know, the abilities of the team and how far you can kind of push them. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the decision-making. I think it's a, it's a good point to make. A product owner has to be able to make decisions, but they've got to be informed decisions. And that information comes from the business. It comes from user feedback. It comes from the metrics that, you're, that you should be building into the product. And it comes from the quality reports that are coming out of your product uh, from different bugs and, and your, uh, the number of bugs that you're pushing out. All that stuff comes into that decision-making process. And so those are the decisions that need to be made, not necessarily the, should this be green or blue or, or, or that sort of thing. Right, right, yeah. And I I was trying to think of an analogy for this, and so I have a bad one that I'm going <laughs> to... I love bad analogies. Perfect. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I, decision-making is a part of it. Understanding the tools and the team helps to guide those decisions, right? It, the right thing to do might be to, to cut this plank in half. We're cut this plank in half. That's my sure. big mission. We're, this is the analogy. We're wood, are we woodworking? We're, we're, we're doing a little bit of wood. All right, yeah. If you know the team and understand what tools you have, you would use your saw. True. Right? Yeah, it seems or, logical. Yes. If you don't know what you're doing, you'll use your hammer. Yes. That's it's, the, kind of, it's the closest tool. It's, it's the closest. <laughs> Those are the only two okay. tools I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's kind of what it felt like at times. It was, well, we need to do this. And the answer as the team is, well, we either don't have the skill set to do that, we're not the even correct team to be asking about that, or there's so many other unknowns that we haven't figured out, we can't even start talking about that yet. Yeah. And that can, I mean, that can be a frustrating experience on both sides, because if you're in the team every day, you know what you're basically capable of. Sure. If you're the person who thinks you, the, the word owner sticks out of product owner in that I tell you what to do and you do it, <laughs> and then they say no, that's a frustrating experience too. Sure, yeah, um, absolutely. But so, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's just a lot of kind of what we ran into was it's just this kind of tense awkward situation where we're not getting much of anything done right yeah it, the you have to remember the product owner is still part of that agile team right they're, they're not yeah. set apart they're not on their own uh they come from a different area of the business usually but it's still all part of the same team and so the team like you said it's a little bit strong to say the product owner uh owns the backlog but it's the team that kind of owns it together and so they're the ones that are going to be refining it and grooming the stories and going through and helping inform the prioritization. So product owner does have that final say, but the team is one of those inputs into the decision making. Right. And and especially when it comes to like commitments, right? The team is gonna say, No, we can't commit to that much, or hey, we can commit to this and that, and well, while we're in there, maybe this will be a little easier. And so they can kind of provide really they're providing the options. They kind of in, in some ways have all the power of deciding yeah. what comes up next. But the product owner can look at that and say, "All right, yeah, if I if that costs that much, no, I don't want to do that until right. we can finish this other thing first. Yeah, and I think there there should be some healthy tension. There should be 
like the product owner should be the one that's advocating for the development of the product and pushing it forward. So there should be a little bit of pressure from the product owner to say like, what can we get done? What's realistic and how much can we do? Um, and then that kind of puts a little bit of attention on the scrum master to say, well, we're, we're protecting the team. And there should be a little bit of that back and mm-hmm. forth because if you just kind of decide on like, this is how we do things and we're not going back and forth a little bit, then we're not going to see real growth because that growth comes out of that tension. It comes out of discomfort. Right. And so you have to have a little bit of that to a healthy degree. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about the scrum masters kind of have to have some of the best people skills and kind of awareness of how people are perceiving and feeling about things. The product owner is probably second most yeah. needed in that respect because they have to understand if I'm just spewing nonsense, nobody's going to be bought into that I even know what I'm doing. Yeah, so you, you have to be able to kind of have a give and take of, all right, I know what you guys are capable of. I, I believe you can do this. I want to see if we can push ourselves to do that as well or the next thing. Um, and then be willing to understand, hey, we have time for operational tasks. We have time for innovation tasks, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and understanding the value of that can really help you be successful. Yeah, it should be a, a trust-building experience all the way around. Right. And then that... I. I you know, we talk about Scrum Masters enough on this show, but I think, <laughs> I think it puts the Scrum Masters in, a, in an interesting spot where they're kind of fielding both things from two different groups who are both members of the team that mm-hmm. they're supposed to make sure are working well together, right? Yeah. It's, like a, it's like an episode of Game of Thrones every, every planning, so... <laughs> yeah. um, maybe, yeah. maybe less bloodshed, but maybe not. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty decent overview. Anything else we should mentioned that, that we might have missed. No, I think I think that's a great kind of overview of what the, the product owner role is and some of the qualities that make a good product owner. Uh, yeah, I think that was really good. Right, and and again, that the word owner, don't get too fixed on that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a team effort. It's not, it's not up to you. You don't own these people. That's so. right, yep. Um, great. Well, uh, with that, thanks for joining us on, on today's episode, and uh, we hope you continue to have a good experience with your product owners out there. 